Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for over a decade, and each week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week. We haven't missed a week. We're like uh, Cal Ripken Jr., I think is who the person is, and never missed a week of work. Lou Gehrig, I think, also never missed a work week of what? work. Yeah, he, he got sick. They, he got so sick they named the disease he had after him. Never miss a week. Even after he died, he still showed up. Hey, can I go first this week? Sure. <laughs> well, uh, people listening, we do this thing on the Trello, right? Where we yeah. we use this service, web-based service called Trello to keep track of what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Joe, what what story of mine are you looking forward to the most? I'm not on Trello right now. So I have to open oh. the window here. I'm at, But I want to see now. I want to see what story. Maybe I get. I can pick the story. Okay, how about that? <laughs> I only see my stories on here. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. I uh, didn't do my homework. I guess I didn't. I just. It's one of those things, and actually, I know for a fact that you'll be able to relate to this because I have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. I find myself like so busy doing nothing that. I don't know, like, why do I feel like I did a lot this past week when I actually did nothing? My, that's I my life. Like that is my 14, life. I watched 14 episodes of things on HBO Go. Well, I don't do that, but uh, I. what did I do this week? What did I do? By the way, speaking of, you know this guy, Taylor the Latte Boy? Yeah. I was talking to him the other day, and he told me about this... You know, you know, I've been, you know, he's diabetic. I don't think he minds my saying that. He talks about it in his show. And I've been recently diagnosed as diabetic. And I'm, I'm sort of obsessed with my blood sugar now and how everything affects my blood sugar. We've, you and I have talked yeah. about this, right? Yeah. He was telling me about this thing called the Big Blue Test. Uh huh. You know about this? Yeah. Mike, I was floored. You know what you do? You take your blood sugar, then you do some exercise, and then you take your blood sugar again. Mm hmm. I kn- this is amazing. Why have I never done this? I don't know. Have you have you done it since? No, I thought that you only do it during oh. the big blue test season. No, you could do it anytime you want, but um, when you do it during the big blue test season, then a donation is made every time you do it to a diabetes nonprofit. So. Now, let me ask you this. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to take my blood sugar fasting? Uh, no. Just take your blood sugar. Okay. And then I do how much exercise do I do? 15 minutes about. Does it matter what kind of – can I just be walking around my living room or – Yeah. Experiment. Some people do like house cleaning. Some people do um, swimming or something you know, much more intense for 15 minutes and then test again and see what happens. Now, I haven't done it. Have you noticed – I'm sure you've done this, right? Yeah. Have yeah, you noticed the s- change in your blood sugar when you do this? Yeah. It drops. Oh, it does? Almost. Yeah, almost always, almost always. Oh, I'm gonna. I never. So, why didn't you ever talk about this on the show before? I don't know. And what's cool about it too is like, 
I don't know if you're just a little bit high and you want to eat something, you maybe do a little bit of exercise before you do it. Just like a, you know, something quick. Yeah. Down a little bit. I'm going to think yeah. about it. I'm going to consider the next time like I wake up and my blood sugar is a little high. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for a quick stroll. Yep. Um. So, wait, why did you bring that up? Because Taylor told me about this amazing program that I'd never uh, heard of before. Well, I just have been uh, living a life, getting ready to start my new job. I've been uh, doing a little bit of stuff I had uh Finally have access to that email again, like I told you, just kind of cleaning that up and getting my calendar ready, all that kind of stuff. Any good voicemails? Oh, you know what? I fucking forgot to check. <laughs> I know there's some in there. I saw the notifications, but I didn't actually listen to them. You know listener Scott the Seder is just biting his nails. Finally, that great uh, email he sent about Anthony Weiner is going to be – that great voicemail is going to be heard on the air. Should we put the voicemails in? Oh no, we don't do that. No, we don't. We're, we're, no, we have to do a whole a separate episode, a mini episode. Oh, we don't do that. But don't um, you think for old time, we should do this on our anniversary? So it's not for another almost a year. But we should do a mini episode that we can do a catching up with catching up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So what else? What's going on with you? You ever hear of this RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah. I went to the finale last week. I talked about a little bit about it last week. And uh, I'm going to talk more about it. So okay. now that I live closer to everything here in L.A., uh, down so the RuPaul's Drag Race finale takes place in downtown Los Angeles at the Orpheum Theater, okay, yeah. which is right in the heart of downtown. I think it's like on Broadway and 9th. And parking is horrible. Right, horrible, horrible. So I was like, you know what? I don't. I'm not that far away. I'm gonna take a lift over to this uh, Orpheum Theater. Right. Yeah. Now I use Lyft. Okay, I happen to use Lyft because I just like Lyft, the company, better. Right. All right. So I I, I use them, and I'm gonna tell you, most of the time, I just love their drivers. Right. Super friendly. Yeah. Super nice. That's actually the reason I don't like Lyft. Oh, really? Why not? Yeah. They're just a little too, like, sit in the front seat. Yeah. F- fist bump. Yeah. I want to, ugh. I, I love that. I kind of just want to, like, I don't know, keep it separate. Oh, I have I conversations know. with them and sit in the front seat? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we, we like it and dislike it for the same reason, right? Yeah. That's fine. We're different people. I if we were the same person, it would be a boring show. It sure would. So I uh, order a lift to go there, right? This lift shows up to pick me up. Oh, and I had to get some things for my car. And I, I remember I had to get a few things for my car as well. So I go to my car, get a few things. Uh, lift guy picks me up by my car. And I'm just sort of flustered because he gets there faster than I thought he would. And I just see inside, and it's this middle-aged, Middle Eastern man, kind of weird looking. And I'm just like, hmm. I don't want to. I don't mind. I don't have a problem with him. I just don't want to sit in the front seat and fist bump with him and have a conversation with him, right? So I hmm. pulled a Mike Lawson because of his race. No, it had nothing to do with his race. No, it had oh. nothing to do with his race. It had nothing to do with his age. He was just shifty looking. Okay. Okay. So I go. You know what? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna get in the back seat. So I get in the back seat, and we actually do not really interact at all. Okay. Okay. 
I pulled the mic lost. Sounds ideal, yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, I had my keys, I had my wallet, I had my phone, I had a notebook because I'm going to take notes or that RuPaul's Drag Race recap as well as getting from my car, a notebook, pen, a pen, you know, mm-hmm. everything I would need. Get out and now get out. So he drops me off at the Orpheum, right by the Orpheum Theater. And I talked about this, but, you know, I always get there on time, but I know I'm going to drink for a while and hang out and, yeah. because the line doesn't actually usually get until six. Right. So I'm drinking, hanging out at this Argentine bar. They're the weirdest people in this bar. There was this one girl in there, uh, African-American girl, pretty. She reminded me of um, the Saved by the Bell. Um, Lark Vuries is the name of the actress, but I don't remember her. What her character's name was in Saved Isn't by the Bell. is Lisa Turtle? Lisa Turtle. Thank you. She reminded me of her. Looked like her, like, from the 90s. Dressed like her from oh. the 90s. Like acid wash jeans? Yeah, and talk like her. It really was like Lisa Turtle was going to Drag Race Recap. Maybe. She was so annoying, this Lisa Turtle. Mm-hmm. Talking to everybody. T- we, I don't care about your dog. No one cares, right? Because mm-hmm. she's one of the people who would be like, um, excuse me, to the waitress. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. She did this weird thing where she'd be really cunty, but mm-hmm. then would say, like, oh, I know I'm being really difficult, but... And then asked for this really difficult request, but yeah. like in a sweet way. It was really weird. So then I eventually... Uh, I, I, you know, listen to the previous episode to find out about all my shenanigans with that. Oh, but I do meet Evil John. <laughs> Wait, but I do, <laughs> but I do meet uh, White John at the bar. Yeah. Okay? And White John is Was dressed yeah. in all red. No, he did bring a RuPaul Barbie doll with him. Right? Okay. He had it with him. Cute. And he had a couple of drinks at the bar. And then uh, he actually wasn't being particularly friendly to me. He was okay. like, eh, whatever, right? He's super nervous about the but the getting in on time. But we we he, he follows my lead, and we go in, and like we literally walk in just as the last people from the line are walking in, just in time. We stood in no line, right? But he's super nervous that he's not going to get a seat, right? Does not trust me. Like, look at. I've done this. I know how to get the really good seats. Okay. So as we're there's a security there's a security check in right. So I'm emptying my pockets, and I realize my keys are not in my pockets. Oh no! And I'm like, fuck. And John's like, I'm going inside. I want to get a seat. I'll save you a seat. I'm, I'm super nervous. And like runs inside. Okay. Yeah. So I call Lyft. Not a call if I messaged Lyft and they and they messaged the driver. They say, we're gonna message the driver. So I'm like, okay. So then I go into the theater, and this is when I pull the shenanigans that I mentioned last week, where I just I go, I just literally walked in and I go up to a person and I say, Oh my god, so like I left my keys in my Lyft car, so I left my friends, and they just texted me that um that they got moved. That that they got moved downstairs, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, um, did they say where they were sitting?" And I go, "No," and I could tell one of the chicks was like super suspicious, you know. And she goes, "Can I see your ticket?" And I go, "Well, yeah," but then they moved us. <laughs> Doesn't really to mean anything. Yeah. And she's like, "Hmm. Well, why don't you text them?" So then I just text nobody. I texted somebody. I said like, "This this message makes no sense," or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I just sit there. 
And then finally, the chick who was suspicious had to go do other things. And there was this Mexican guy, and he was like, why don't you just go sit over there? And I just grabbed this. I grabbed the place with three seats because um, John Paul was going to join us later after work. But yeah. now I notice in the theater, there is zero reception. Zero. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to text John and say, John, come downstairs. They're not going through. None at all. That's annoying. Yes. So fuck. But I also don't want to lose my spot because I didn't really get it. Right. You know, if I leave, I won't be able to get back in. Eventually, I get a phone call now, a weird phone call. I'm like, oh, this has to be the Lyft guy. So I run outside, and there's perfect reception outside. And it's the Lyft guy. And he goes, uh, Joe, my friend, uh, it's uh, whatever my name is from Lyft. And I go, hey. He goes, I go, did I leave my keys in your car? And he goes, yes, you left your keys in my car. And I go, oh, my God. I go, thank you. Could you please bring them by here? Uh, I'm at the, I'll, I'll send you the address again where I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm by LAX right now. And I go, it's okay. I'm going to be here all night. No rush. Just call me when you're here. And he goes, yeah. Um, but you know, um, I'm not, I'm going to be losing money if I come bring you the keys. And I go, because on Lyft, they tell you, hey, be nice to tip these guys if, if they go out of their way to bring you something back. And I go, yeah, yeah. I had 20 bucks cash on me. I go, yeah, I was going to tip you, uh, some money. Um, hmm, how much? And I go, $20. No, I won't bring it for less than 30 Whoa. <laughs> he was, like, not even hiding the fact that he, like, he should have just come out with that. Like, yeah. I'll bring it back to you for 30 bucks. Yeah, and I go, I don't even have 30 bucks. I go, and I'm in a theater, and they don't have an ATM there, which they probably did. And I go, so I just have the 20 bucks. <sighs> which, here's the deal. He's a Lyft driver. Downtown is super busy. I didn't say bring him to me now. He was definitely going to come through downtown again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I go, he goes, okay, I'll just do it for 30. Well, you don't, you don't know for sure that he was even, what if he was done driving? Oh, that's true. Right. You know? So he goes, okay, well, I'll bring it to you for $20 then. And I was like, okay. But I hang up. I go, this fucking asshole. Like, I'll give him 20 bucks. I probably wouldn't even find a way to give him 30 bucks. I mean, I do realize it's out of the way, but now he's holding the keys hostage. You know, yeah. I go, I'm going to get the keys, give him the money, and I'm going to fucking report him to Lyft, right? Yeah. So I go in, I'm enjoying the show, and then I'm just, he said he'd be there within an hour. So an hour goes by. Oh, finally, John finds me. I don't know how. And he comes downstairs, and we'll talk about that in a second. Finally, it's been an hour. I go, he hasn't called. So I walk outside. As soon as I walk outside the theater, oh, no. it goes, ding, 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 ding. I saw that coming right when you said I walked outside of the theater. Yeah. Fuck. So then he goes, so I call him. He goes, Joe, I'm sitting out here for 15 minutes. I go, oh, my God. And I run out there. I give him the 20 bucks. He gives me the keys. So I I didn't report him to Lyft because in my head, I was like, you know what? That was his punishment. It's a wash. They right? had a, it's a they, wash. Yeah. He had to sit there for 15 minutes. So whatever, karma will find him if it was wrong. So there was that next. So when we're sitting down in the theater, and we're sitting down now, and we have amazing seats, you know. Will I see you on TV? I'm going to watch the episode tomorrow. No, I don't think so. There's maybe a slight chance, slight. You have to really look, maybe, that you would see me if uh, during Bob's musical number. Okay. That would be very slight. I intentionally, okay. because I get to choose the seats this time, I intentionally chose seats where I would not be seen. 
And because there were there were better seats that opened up where I would have definitely be seen. I don't want to be seen on TV, right? Yeah, I don't need. That. I saw you last year. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I didn't think it was fun. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, he, uh, John shows the Barbie to me. I've seen it already, but he's showing everybody else around him the Barbie, and then he shows me a flask. He brought in a flask of booze, right? Mm-hmm. And he's drinking from it the whole time we're waiting for this show to start. Okay. And by the way, I had told them, I go, I had told them about these tickets. And John Paul, I know for a fact, does not watch Drag Race. So I was shocked John Paul went. But I knew John, uh, White John did. And so I was like, maybe he wants to go, right? He thought, oh, yeah, I really want to go. I love it. Love, never miss an episode. Okay. Mike, by the time the show actually starts, he is so sauced. Oh, no. He's yelling and screaming, right? Yeah. Like, then, you know, because they do the same thing that they did last year, right? So when the show starts, all the f- the contestants from this season walk down the runway. Okay. Right. So they're like, Layla McQueen, Dax exclamation point, Nasha yeah. Lopez, right? Cynthia Lee Fontaine. I can literally do all the contestants. Okay, okay. we get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He turns to me and goes, who are these people? What? Yeah. And I go, they're the contestants from this season. And then he goes, no, they're not. He goes, they're all, they're all the old winners from previous seasons. What? And I go. Do you think he was just so drunk he was confused? I don't know. I go, no, they're not. He goes, mm, yes, they are. Watch the show. Those are the former queens who won. And I was like, I do a podcast about this show. Ironically, with someone who also yeah, ironically will fight you with on facts that are wrong. <laughs> uh, he goes, "No, you're wrong," and I go, "All right." Then he says, "Were you sitting in between the two Johns?" Like, if I uh, were no, you, no, I no, would no, no. I was sitting. I would next have to, John Paul. Well, no, what us. happened was the way the seating worked out. There was just two seats together and one seat in front of us. And I volunteered, and John Paul was like, "No, I want to sit in the front." So it was myself and um, uh, John, and then John Paul in front of us. I got you. So then another part. I can't remember who the drag queen was. I think it was Bob. It may have been Bob the drag queen. Somebody comes out who's not a pageant queen. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, John goes, um, oh, I don't like him because he's such a pageant queen. And I was like, nope, he's a comedy queen. Uh, Chichi Devena, it's a pageant queen and looks like a pageant queen. Bob does not look like a pageant queen and he does comedy. And yeah. he goes, no, he's a pageant queen. Right? <laughs> and then so then I just have it, right? And he's being yeah. a dick. He's being a total asshole, right? Right. So then I just go, all right. You know what? And that, what I'm going to tell you is like talking to a child. I go, all right. They're all Ken dolls. He goes, uh, don't say that. <laughs> and I go, no, I've decided that. They're all Ken dolls. He goes, uh, well, first of all, if anything, they'd be Barbie dolls. So I'm like, no, they're all Ken dolls. I think they're Ken dolls. <laughs> I, I think it's funny that his reaction is this way, but also like <laughs> – you're kind of stooping to the level. Oh, totally stupid. I was sick of it by this point. So yeah. he goes, he goes, I'm done with you, and turned his back to me. I can't believe you said that. 
and he wouldn't talk to me. He looked at and then he looked at, at John Paul and was like, "This fucking." Now he didn't say this fucking asshole, but like, yeah, how could he say that, right? <laughs> and then if you say anything, he's like, "Do you hear something? I thought I heard something, but yeah, no, you nobody's here." Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> he he didn't do that, but it was that equivalent. He was yeah. done with me. I was, his out arms of his world. are crossed. Yeah. yeah. So then he loves kimchi, right? Okay. And his favorites are kimchi and Derek Berry. Okay. All right. So whenever they would come out, he okay, and this is gonna horrify you. So everyone around is just like prissy gay guys, Mike. Okay. And he's drunk. Yeah. And he would stand up and go, he would stand up, fists in the air when kimchi would come out, and he would go, Yeah Yeah Like super, super loud. Every gay guy around us was like like putting their fingers in their ear and like looking at him yeah. in like fear. Right? Well, there are there are moments in the show where I think that's appropriate, where yes. like the first time they come out or oh, when yeah. they say like, yes. who wants kimchi to win or whatever, yes. right? Like yes. it's appropriate. Yes. But every single time they walk on the stage or – During uh, the interview with kimchi that RuPaul does, anytime kimchi said anything, he would do that. Just <laughs> talked. Okay. Right? Yeah. It was driving me up the fucking wall. Of course. And I kept doing this thing where I was like – I wasn't lying, but I was like, I was like, you know, this show is so long. They tape forever. Like, we're not going to be out of here till like midnight. Yeah. Like, do look, it's seven thirty, and they just barely started recording, right? <laughs> and then, like, oh, we're going to the long part now when they do the cast interviews. And I knew by this point, I knew. Oh, okay. So I, I don't mind spoiling this because you can actually watch this moment. Oh no, that is spoiling it. Well, by the time the people hear it, there's not going to be spoiled. I'm going to spoil something for you. Mm. It's not a big deal. But it's, it's good for the story. It's another one of these stories. <laughs> so they do this moment. Uh, did you see this on YouTube where, um, you know, the, the on the first episode, they recreated. But you know that they did all the former queens uh, took that picture with the contestants? Yeah. So when the curtain goes up, you can see it's fucking amazing. One of my favorite openings of all time. Because usually there's some music that plays and then people walk down the stage and RuPaul comes out. So it's, it's usually the same thing. This one was just like, okay, we're going to start the show. And then there's like dramatic music started. Mm-hmm. And the curtain goes up and it's that exact pose. Mm-hmm. But this time RuPaul's in the middle. Okay. Super rad, right? But then after the applause dies down, she says something like, somebody's missing. Mm, can I have my phone? And so someone brings her a phone. And she goes, hey, it's RuPaul. How fast can you get here? Or something like that. And that's that joke, right? Yeah. But then the clown. Remember that clown from the episode? Oh, uh-huh. Because Bianca out. couldn't. Yeah, Bianca was there this time. The clown walked out. Oh, funny. Okay? And everyone laughed. John's like, what? I don't get it. Right. Because he I, hasn't been watching? Yeah. Or he's no, just okay, so he, drunk? No, because he hasn't been watching. Because he hasn't been watching. I don't know why he won't admit it. And I go, yeah. if you or is see- it possible that he's been drinking while he's watching? Oh, that, that's a good possibility. I said, um, well, if you watched the first episode, you would know because this is a big part of the first episode. Nope, I watched the first episode. I must have maybe I went to the bathroom where I missed it. Yeah, I but go, here's the thing, Joey. And Steve's probably listening right now, but the moment that I'm about to tell you is going to happen has already happened in his world. 
this time traveling stuff is getting complicated. But we're going to watch the show tomorrow night. I don't know yeah. for sure that Steve will get the joke with the clown and the Bianca thing. Oh, really? I don't know. I feel like Steve is like a big moment. He'll remember big moments, but like the nuance he doesn't pick up on. Okay, well, let's see then, because I think it will be okay. a good determination. Because if yeah. I feel it was because it, was, it wasn't like a joke they hit once; they constantly hit it in the episode. Okay, I don't know. I feel I don't know. We'll see. I'll let you know. Rem, rem, remind me to tell you how he reacted. All right. So um, anyway, yeah. Wh- Watch they cut it out and they put something else in. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Uh, so like two hours in, right when they show, you know, they always do that part when they interview the people in the cast. Yeah. Because I told John Paul privately, like, dude, your boyfriend is driving me up the fucking wall right now, right? Right. John Paul says, I'm really hungry. And evil John, not evil. And John looks at him and they, they, they then they start whispering to each other. Yeah. And you're praying. You start praying somehow. Yeah, I know. John Paul says, he doesn't care. John, he doesn't care. And I go, care about what? <laughs> And he goes, please leave. Yeah. He goes, John wants to leave because he's hungry too, but he's afraid you'll get mad if he leaves. And I go, John, if you're hungry and tired, I think you should leave. This is going to go a lot longer. Yeah. And I won't be angry. I will totally understand. And he goes, okay. And they left. And I was like, you can feel the, uh, the whole crowd around us just go like, <sighs> yeah, totally. So, yeah, so that was RuPaul's Drag Race. I got my keys back. Uh, I watched the Drag Race finale, and uh, I put up with uh, John for a few hours. I found I, ba- I basically can't go in public with him, and uh, can't really spend more than two or three hours with him. Yeah. What else do you got going on? Any other stories? You have no other stories. I mean, I do, but just save them for next week. I have one more. No, we're already deep into this one. Go. Hung out with Cameron on last night, right? Cool story. And for the most part, it was a very whatever night. There's no story from it, right? We went from this one beer place, had a few beers for a while, and then he's like, let's go to this. There's like this like, because we were at like a hipster beer bar, mm-hmm. you know, craft brewery kind of hipster place. But across the street is like this, you know jukebox pool table kind of like rednecky bar right yeah he goes let's go there and i go yeah, okay i like that place that's actually where we first decided to be boyfriends actually ironically and um so we go there okay and we're having a few drinks nothing going on he has to leave at a certain time he has band practice and so uh it's actually getting close for him t- for time for him to leave Right? I didn't know he was in a band. Oh, yeah. He plays the drums. He's a drummer. So he goes, I'm going to get one more drink, and then I'm going to leave. And he walks up to the bar, and I notice that whoever he's sitting next to is talking to him. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, I'm, not, I, I'm not lying. I, I'm, I can only see the back of this person. I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. Okay. Short this, hair. Short hair, but kind of very feminine with like a salmon shirt and like avocado pants and orange shoes. Okay. But it could be a woman's outfit or a man's outfit. Okay. Okay. Oh, God, I can't, I can't tell, I can't tell if that's a man or a woman, right? And, and this person is talking up a storm with Cameron and he's talking back, right? 
So he comes back and he has this look on his face like, oh my God. And he sits down and goes, were you talking to a man or a woman? He goes, it was a man. Yeah. Right? And then I look and it's like this like very, very, very flamboyant, flamboyantly gay uh, Asian man. Okay. Right? And I'm like, okay, well, can't, can't fault a man for trying. Right? And he's just flitting around the bar, talking to everybody in the bar. Right? Yeah. And Cameron and I are at a table just sitting down, minding our own business. And then he just walks up to the table. Right? And he's like, hi, boys. How you get? You like your drink? To Cameron, right? And Cameron's like, oh, yeah. And he goes, I'm Kenny. He goes to me. And he goes, oh, yeah, this is and Cameron. goes, this is Joe. I go, hi, I'm Joe. He goes, oh, Joe, you, you, you know, you know, Cam, Cameron? And I go, yeah. And then he sits, he sits down really close to Cameron, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm just, this queen better, I'm giving it a few minutes, right? Yeah. And then he's just sitting really close and just only talking to Cameron, which I, I didn't mind. So now he's sitting really close, and I'm and I have my beer, and I'm talking. I'm being friendly, but I'm I'm keeping an eye, right? And he's just, he hasn't gotten touchy yet, but I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. And I was like, I'm not even joking. I'm I, I'm learned now. I think I'm kind of a a fighty boyfriend because I was literally like, a, my mouth was forming to be like, okay, Kenny, you're gonna need to step off, right? Yeah. In a, in a nice way, just in a very assertive way. Okay. And it's weird cuz I don't I don't think I would say anything. I don't care. Well, it wasn't like I was jealous. Trust me, right. I was not. But it was more I could tell Cameron was uncomfortable. And Cameron's old enough to speak for himself. That's how I feel. Personally, I would be like, "Well, if it's bothering you, say something." I could see that, but you know, but also it's just like you he doesn't know who I am. Why is he do like no, right? Yeah. So I and I didn't. I was. I was. Just, I, and I was going to be nice about it. I was gonna be like, hey, Ken, I think you need to back off. You know, like just sit over there. Like he was, by the way, super drunk, like right. crazy drunk. Okay. So I'm lit. My mouth is forming, and all of a sudden, this red-faced, older blonde man with glasses saunters up to the table, super drunk, and he goes. Did you guys know they changed the bathrooms? Which is true. They moved the men's bathrooms around the corner. Okay. I almost walked into that. I've been coming here for years. And I just oh, I just almost walked into the women's bathroom. I thought that was the men's bathroom. The, the, the men's bathroom that was over there. Did you guys know that? And Kenny looks at him and he goes, Excuse me, you see, I'm you don't know these people. I'm talking to these people. Why why you think it's okay to come up to us like that and talk to us about that about ba- we don't care about bathrooms? Why are you telling us about bathrooms? Alright, why don't you just go away? These are my friends. You don't know them. Like, okay. And the guy's like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom anyway. I don't know why you're being like this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Bill walks off, goes to the bathroom, goes like, Can you believe that guy? He don't know you guys. That's rude. I mean like I'm at a table with my friends, and he comes up and says, talking to us? He doesn't know us, right? A few minutes go by, blonde guy comes back around. Yeah, that bathroom now, there's not a lot nicer than these bathrooms you used to have, and now when you pee, but now it's overflowing. They got to do something about that, because now there's only one year and it's overflowing. 
Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you being like that. You don't know us. Why are you talking to us? Uh-huh. And he's like, okay, sorry. Sorry. Can't talk to my partner. <laughs> Shut up. No. And then he goes, yeah, well, you can't talk to us. You don't know us. These are my friends. And you, you go do your thing. You leave me alone. I don't know why you're talking to us. Uh-huh. And he goes, well, what if I introduce myself? I'm Bill. And Cameron, Cameron goes, I'm Cameron. And then Cameron, speaking of, well, you know, speaking for himself, says, I'm Cameron. This is Joe. I'm his boyfriend. Oh, wow. Good. Yeah. And I go, hey, I'm Joe. And he goes, oh, you guys together? Right? Uh-huh. And I go, yeah. How long have you guys been together? And I go, five months. Oh, five months. Oh, we've been together. How long have it been, Bill? And Bill's like, well, I don't know. You tell us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been together 10 years. Right? Okay. And I go, oh, that's great. 10 years. Wow. Right? Yeah. I know this guy 10 years. And then he goes, uh, how you guys meet? <laughs> and I go, oh, I don't know. We just met around. You know? He goes... Oh, that's so nice you guys met. And then he goes, he goes, how old are you, uh, Cameron? And then Bill goes, he's 22. And Cameron goes, oh, my God, that's right. He goes, I can spot him. I can spot those 22-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable by this. <laughs> that's how I found this guy. <laughs> and then Kenny looks at him like with fire in his eyes. Why you say that? Why you just tell him that? I just told him, you know, we've been together 10 years. And you were 22. You look great. I don't know why you did. Th- 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 I don't know why you say that. Why you say that? Why Why you go around telling people everything and every bit of information? And then he gets up and storms off in his high heels or whatever he's wearing, right? Okay. Good. And then he goes to the bathroom. And I have to go to the bathroom now, right? Oh, so then God. I go to the bathroom. Kenny's in there talking to everybody in the bathroom. Yeah, of course. Right? Like, uh-huh. Yeah, like, yeah, and then I just go, you know, to the bathroom, and I'm, I'm from I'm a hairstylist in Fountain Valley, and uh, it's, a, it's a real high-end salon, you know, but I don't live in Fountain Valley, because, no, but, and then some guy goes, where are you from, China? And he goes, no, I'm from, I'm born in Vietnam. No, don't tell me. Oh, I was going to guess, and <laughs> I would have been right. Vietnamese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he goes, well, Fountain, Valley, Fountain Valley, Fountain Valley, yeah. Valley hair goes, salon. I'm like, mm, I know the guy. <laughs> he goes, I was born in Vietnam, but I'm right here. Do I have an accent? And I was like, oh, queen. Right? So then we walk back. And no, I walk back. Kenny's in the bathroom for a long time just talking to people. Right? right. <laughs> I come back, and now Bill's just talking to me and Kenny. I'm talking to me and Cameron. Me and Cameron. Yeah. And he goes, I don't, I don't know why he gets so upset. I was trying to help him out. Okay, look. We've been together 16 years. Okay? (laughs) And he's actually a lot older than 32. (laughs) And, you know, I've paid thousands of dollars in plastic surgery for him. Oh, shit. And I think he looks great. And then he's talking about this. Kenny comes around the corner. TMI! Hello, TMI, you ever heard of the term TMI? TMI, Bill? 
Why are you telling him? You want to give him my social security number? You want to give him my email address? You want to give him my Facebook? Why don't you just give him everything then? You tell him, I don't know what's wrong with you. Give him all this information. Right? Uh-huh. I don't know why you tell him all this. You know, this is a problem with you. Why do they need to know that? They don't need to know that. And then he just storms off. Kenny was drunk, you think? Oh, yeah. He okay. Was really okay. drunk. And I'm going to tell you something that I was talking to Cameron about this today. I actually think Kenny might even be older than I got the the way they were talking. Bill's making it sound like maybe he was 40. Mm -hmm. Kenny looked like early 40s. So I'm thinking he's actually even older. But he had surgery. Yeah. And so, uh,. But the king goes, I look in my 20s. I don't know why you tell these people my age. I look like I'm like 25. And I was like, mm. <laughs> like, yeah, no, sorry. And so uh, so at that moment, actually, Cameron really did have to go. But, I mean, I think that's – there's a problem where we like um, – in the gay culture, we talk a lot about like, oh, you're – like we categorize people. But in their identity becomes that. And so this guy's identity probably was – 20 year old twink and then he was a 30 year old that acted like a 20 year old twink and then a 40 year old that acted like you know what i mean he's just holding on to it which story are you talking about from today (laughs) i was hoping you would connect those dots but i didn't know that you would do it (laughs) out loud (laughs) huh someone who's probably around 50 looks about 40 but acts like he's you know like Eleven year or less, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Poor guy, though. In the, I mean, yeah. Maybe we left they, right after that. Maybe they go to that bar a lot, and he has like well, maybe okay. there's Cameron, substance abuse issues too. You know, Cameron. Well, first of all, the Tin Lizzy is literally a one minute walk, Mike Lawson, from this bar. The Tin Lizzy, yeah. for you guys who don't know, is a a gay bar in Orange County. Probably one of the few, like left. the only one. Yeah. I think it is only. I mean. I think there's still one in like keep... very deep South Laguna, but yeah, really, yeah. I think there's one in I Santa think... Ana too. There is one in Santa Ana actually. Is it like a Latino bar? <laughs> Probably. Okay. So anyway, and we left right after that. Cameron had to go to band practice, and I went home. But um, uh, yeah, that was my night with. So Cameron's like, I want to run into them again, but I want to run into them with an exit plan <laughs> and a video camera. <laughs> oh, I should have actually taken my phone and recorded them. It was I just didn't realize what gold they were giving us. But I want to hear them fighting. The fighting part was the best part because Bill was so like drunk old white man. So, um, so we're we gonna end it right here. We're we gonna do some news stories, Mike Lawson. Um, what do you want to do? I could do either one. The news stories I have are like kind of. Um, <laughs> By the way, I'm gonna be traveling to New Orleans to. Orlando and to San Diego this summer now that I have this new job. So if anybody listening is in those areas and wants to meet up for uh, a drink or something, let me know. Even though I'm not drinking alcohol. but well, Aren't you also <laughs> meeting up with Taylor T. Latte Boy from Pod is my co-pilot? Yeah. So I'm going to Tampa um, in like two weeks to mm-hmm. do a talk. So that – I'm meeting up with him in Tampa, and then if maybe in Orlando, if they want to drive down, they'd rather you come to Tampa. Okay, Mike Lawson, I have two news stories for you. You get to choose. Oh, uh, I can't wait! A man gets stuck on cliff during a FaceTime marriage proposal, or 
uh, an employee at the Abbey says he was attacked for being gay in West Hollywood. Let's do uh, the cliff. The cliff. Okay. Man gets stuck on a steep cliff after FaceTime marriage proposal. Mike Lawson, a Fresno man's marriage proposal wound up on the rocks on Thursday morning after an ill-advised stunt. Just after sunrise on Thursday morning, Michael John Paul Banks of Fresno climbed the 600-foot southern side of Morrow Rock to propose to his girlfriend via FaceTime. The good news was that she said yes to the daring, if reckless romantic. The bad news was that the rock climber took a different, much steeper route than the eastern face of the rock, where he became stranded on a small, precarious ledge. At around 8.30 a.m., a California Highway Patrol helicopter was sent to the scene in Morro Bay State Park. Though it's not clear if they were called via FaceTime to rescue Banks from the cliff, which looks like it was no easy feat as the helicopter had to fly very close to the rock. The rescue crew managed to safely return Banks to solid ground with only a few scrapes. He was, however, issued a misdemeanor citation for trespassing and is expected to be billed for the helicopter lift, which could cost several thousand dollars. Mike Lawson, my question to you. Have you ever done anything daring for love? <laughs> nope. I don't think so, actually. Um, this story is interesting. What do you, how do you feel about all of this? I, I, what are with these fucking p- fools? It's just, it's this selfie culture now that they have to do it. Like, why can't you just ask someone to marry you like a normal person? And you can be a little romantic about it. Like, look, to me, as crazy as you can get is maybe on a hot air balloon ride. But why did it be like FaceTiming from a cliff? Yeah, I, I disagree with you on that. I'll, I could go as far as like, come on, guys, just have a regular proposal. But the, like selfie culture kind of bullshit i think is just that bullshit and then really we we have access to all these stories now but like you know there's family stories from the 50s and they're like oh you know how your uncle proposed to your aunt it's a stupidest story he was an idiot and he did this and like people aren't stupider i just think we have pictures of them doing it now and it gets shared and talked about on podcasts now which it wasn't before you know that's my what I think. I think you're this guy's stupid. I think you're wrong. I think you're stupid. I, I think, think this story self- is stupid. I think, I think this selfie marriage just- proposals are stupid. <laughs> I hate everything. It's stupid. It's all stupid. Thank you. <laughs> the, one of the things that makes me laugh. First of all, I love when anyone just talks about me at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one um, former ward of the show, Jose, as an actor, used. To, I, I actually, I wish I could have Jose back in my life because no one did a better Joe Batanz impression than Jose. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Like he even got like little subtle things because everyone mm-hmm. does. If people are going to do a Joe Batanz impression, like do a Joe Batanz impression, Mike Lawson. And then I was like, "What time is it? And why am I eating lunch yet? Because yeah. I'm really hungry. Exactly. I'm eating all day. Exactly. Right." Jose had little things down, like things that no one does. Like he'd be like. I, I think this is one of them, but I don't think so. I don't, maybe not. I remember there were ones I was like, whoa, I think this is something I recognize, where he goes like, I hate coconuts. Let me tell you why. One, like, and then he would like list yeah. things. I was, always, I was always talking in lists. You do. So Cameron, now this isn't a super um, uh, subtle thing, but Cameron does impressions of me in conversation. So if he has to tell me something that's interesting, he'll be like, you ever hear of this Barack Obama? 
Yeah. I guess he's the president. Mm-hmm. And it makes me laugh. Thank you. So, the wh- how did I get on this? Because um, I made fun of you about – you said you hate oh, yeah. s- selfie culture and – It's stupid. I hate the selfie culture, but now I'm super self-aware of my voice. I think it's stupid. There's people going around taking their blo- – look, if you're going to take a selfie, that's fine. But when you're holding up like lines and traffic and – I was trying to walk around this Disneyland the other day. It's so much harder now with all these nudniks stopping and taking selfies every 10 seconds. Thank you. I, I understand that. Um, and also, the, like, the selfie stick thing on the California Screaming last week, was it? Or the week before? Did you hear this? Well, I know they were banned from... But yeah, like, someone someone whipped one out, though, on the oh, roller coaster. Oh, really? And what happened? They had to stop the train and evacuate the people from the train. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is a good ride, though. If you haven't been on this California Screaming, I highly encourage you to go on it. What news stories do you have for us, Mike Lawson? I just got one, Joey. Uh, Central and Mark. Okay. The Bach blasting from speakers through the night above the ground. <laughs> Can you tell I haven't read this one through before? <laughs> I never read my news stories through. The Bach blasting from speakers through the night above the Grove and Market Street Burger King began several weeks ago. Uh, as anyone who has tried to walk by the storefront, which sits at the top of a Bart Muni escalator, is very familiar. It serves as a gathering place for mid-market dwellers with seemingly nowhere else to go and nothing better to do. Which is kind of a snarky way of saying people without a home, but whatever. So there's a lot of homeless people that hang around this Burger King, and they've started black- blasting uh, classical music uh, to hopefully just get people to leave. And I'm curious what you think about that. They, they, I guess the function is sort of like a sonic barrier. So this corner was completely empty on a Sunday morning, which usually is not the case. But they're thinking that the music was a tool to kind of help that. What kind of classical music was it? I would find it very peaceful. I'm like, oh, thank God. There's this classical yeah, music drowning out I the man. sleep here. The man doing a radio show to Jesus, you know, taking right. it away. <laughs> right. Um, or just the sounds of like... I don't know, people walking by or anything, but... Yeah, I'd be, oh, I'd rather hear that. Um, it's interesting, though, because this kind of area usually has a bunch of grocery carts and um, junk and uh, people around it, but it's been pretty empty uh, for Honestly, whatever reason. I've never been to Burger King in my life, but it looks and sounds terrible. And I think I'd blast music in the Burger King hoping they would leave. Yeah. I'd rather have the homeless people than Burger King. It's weird. I don't. I don't like this idea. I don't. I don't know. I w- I wish that instead instead of like us spending money on stupid like things to get them off of our front stoop and have them walk to the neighborhood next door, like we just like did something to solve that. I don't know what that is, but it just seems like treating a symptom and not the cause or whatever. I think we got to bring it, We got to bring back them Hoover towns. Thank you. Well, Look. we kind of have that in San Francisco. I mean, there are neighborhoods where homelessness is accepted and there's neighborhoods where it's not. And I there's even – Go ahead. There's like – I mean, certain reasons for that. Some of it is like so ways that they kind of trap these people into neighborhoods is like through like single room occupancy. They're basically hotel rooms where you pay by the week. That's one way. But also like I think like 
the police actually like literally drop people off in the tent. Like they literally just kind of move people and give them a hard time in nice neighborhoods and not hard time in the, the tenderloin, you know, that makes sense because I was going to bring up like downtown Los Angeles has become rather gentrified. Now it used to be kind of a sketchy place. And so now, you know, you can walk around downtown L.A. and it's actually even at night, like, very nice and you feel safe and you're like, oh, look at this and these nice restaurants and these – everyone's cool and blah, 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 blah. And then you literally cross the street. It's not even gradual. You cross the street and it's like you, it's like super nice ritzy area, literally cross the street and it's skid row, tents, no street lights, darkness, uh, danger. Yeah, and I, and I want to know how they do that. I don't know how they do that. How do that? How do the homeless people not leak over to the next part? Yeah, well, a lot of it I think is about enforcement. So like, there's rules on the books that people can't, you know, sleep in certain areas or whatever, and they just don't enforce that in the area where they want them to sleep, and then they do enforce it in the quote unquote nicer areas. It's fucked. But also, there's a lot that has to do with like. Um, like a really crummy apartments and stuff are available at really affordable rates in those batter, those worse areas too. You know, so yeah. like you live there for a week, next week you can't pay and get kicked out, then you're there. And the people on the street are there to sell you what you might need too to get through it. I wonder what those rooms are like. Just, they don't have showers or <gasps> like oh, a single don't? room. No, it's a shared bathroom. So it's basically just a room. Some of them have like a hot plate situation, but I don't even think kitchens are like standard in them. How big is the room? So the ones that I've seen have been pretty small, but I've, I mean, my exposure has been pretty limited because it's like, there's this um pretty good documentary on HBO called San Francisco 2.0. Mm-hmm. And it's about how uh, they kind of try to confront this like tech boot bubble sort of, uh, changing San Francisco and what that means and stuff. And they show a guy who, for the like, he has a thirty year old thirty year career in some sort of marketing that's no longer needed, and he's having trouble rebranding. So he lives in one of these SROs and eats at a soup kitchen and stuff. And they show his room, and it's, I mean, it's the size of a large walk-in closet, you know? Oh wow! Yeah. Hmm. Like a twin bed takes up more than half of the the width of it. You know what he needs? Uh, what? To climb the face of a mountain and FaceTime someone. Yeah. That'll solve all his problems. It'll be in the news. People will be like, I gotta hire that guy. He's a go-getter. Yeah. Uh, that was a really good story, Joe. Thank you. Anyway, uh, what do you got going on next week, Mike Lawson? Um, well... Uh, Steve's birthday was this past, or it, well, it's today. We're recording on his birthday, but we celebrated this past weekend. And um, for his birthday, I got him a couple of things, and one of them was uh, tickets to Dix- Disclosure. Do you know Disclosure? Yeah, it's that movie where um, uh, Michael Douglas gets sexually harassed <laughs> by uh, Bruce Willis's wife, Demi Moore. Yeah, and they also are DJs. They're, it's a, that movie oh, okay. uh, gets on stage and does some stuff too. So we're going to that on Friday. And that is uh, – I start a new job next week. So I had been doing this and that for the new job. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. What about you? 
uh, I start seeing a new therapist. She, um, I have this gay God. cousin. I have this gay cousin Richard. He's a week younger than me and gay, and he's been going to this therapist for years. And I've always been fascinated by her because she yells at him. Okay. And so now she's going to yell at me starting tomorrow. And uh, uh, she has a rad name, but I don't want to give it on the air. I'll tell you off the air. But her name fits. It's just you hear her name, you're like, yes. She's going to fix me. She's going to fix me. <laughs> cool. I'll tell you right now and then cut it out. Her name is. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And uh, so I see her tomorrow. Uh-huh. And uh and then I uh also uh some friends are coming in from town. Uh, actually friend of the show Adam Vaught is here right now. He's in the other room. And uh we're going to Tell be him I said up. hi. Hey Adam, Mike Lawson says hi. And then uh and then uh I got uh the, some friend other friends coming in from out of town. They're not staying with me, but uh, I'm going to see them over the weekend. Great. Cool. Well, nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.